Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 57 of Real Blend, a podcast that's currently bracing for that Green Book Best Picture win. <laughs> My name is Sean O'Connell, the managing director here of Cinema Blend, and I'm thrilled, thrilled to once again be piloting the ship for another jam-packed episode of Real Blend. Joining me, as always... Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5, Washington, D.C., who is running currently on fumes and Red Bull. My friend, how are you? Literally. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally. Um, I'm doing great. No, honestly, this is like the highlight of my day, to be honest, today, specifically, because I was looking forward to it. It kind of kept me going, because I was like looking forward to doing the, uh, especially because we started off as an award show, um, and this is one of the most exciting Oscar races I've seen it in a long time, so I'm looking well, forward it, to bre- it will breaking be this down. Yeah. Until Green Book wins Best Picture. It's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, we'll discuss that eventually. But first, we have to get to Jake Hamilton, the chief Jesse Smollett correspondent for Fox 32 <laughs> in Chicago. Jake, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing Wait, wonderful. Well, let, me, let me rephrase. How the hell are you? <laughs> that was, by the way, that was, that was the part where I really felt like, um, for people who haven't seen this yet, uh, are two of our great listeners, Carrie and Kalina, did a recreation of our show uh, with wigs, uh, posters that were edited beautifully. But how the hell are you? Was like the moment where I was like, "Oh, they nailed it." That was like, <laughs> it, it also like, it was like did their imitations of you ever make you self conscious about yourself? There was a moment oh, where I was yeah. like, "Am I an asshole?" <laughs> no, no, no. So it's, it's the same thing when someone tells you about a verbal crutch. It's like uh, like if uh, someone tells you like, "Oh, you say literally or essentially too much," then you start like questioning. You start examining yourself a different, a different way. I, I think it's a term of endearment that they were able to nail something about you that is something that would make me recognize your voice. No, Kevin, I gotta say, I feel like they nailed you the best. <laughs> I don't know. I really? think Gabe was pretty perfect. Gabe was Gabe pretty was awesome. <laughs> well, Gabe, was, yeah, that's, yeah, that's when I lost it watching. The, I, I was on a train in London, uh, uh, going to my hotel, watching it, dying like a silent train. We're talking like I just cleared customs, landed at seven a.m. Was probably on the train by eight thirty. Dead silent train Saturday morning and just dying laughing <laughs> by myself watching this video with my AirPods in. I, it was amazing. Yeah, really. and for people, uh, just to give a, a bit of a context, I believe Kalina flew to Texas. Is that correct? Uh, uh, she's or in the Texas. other way she's around. In Austin, and I think Carrie drove to Kalina. So okay, they so they met. Up. They met up and essentially sat in front of a camera like like we do with our Skype podcast. Um, just in case people haven't seen this visually, and introduce the show just like Sean does every week with his Justin Bieber looking wig um, that, that she had on, um, and then uh, essentially went through each of one of our personalities. Like they did all the puns for me. They did Sean's like intro jokes. They did like Jake's quitting and like all these. And then Gabe, the Gabe moments were great because it was just him rapping. That's all it was. Like, it was just him. And like, and it was, what's funny is we see Gabe on Skype shaking his head no every time we do something, which is 90% of the show wrong. Uh, and it's like, it's literally him going like this. That's what they did. I don't know how they nailed that, but they did. It was very funny. I'm fighting through a cold and it's going to be really hard because I keep laughing about this video. You're, are you fighting with your family? We have. 
have to put that videos up on our it's so it's on our uh, real blend Twitter and just dig through and find it if anyone's uh, trying to look for it. It's it's a my wife loved recreation. it, but Lauren Lauren was obsessed with it. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, well, and in addition to that wonderful fan uh, tribute video from from the two amazing women, we have reviews and and not only do like every once in a while uh, we toggle some sort of switch and it opens up these international reviews that we're getting um, from people that don't normally show up on the iTunes page. And then some people have been using the email account, which I'm thrilled about. We got a couple of great emails from people. So if you do not have an iTunes account and you still want to leave us a review because you've been listening to us, send it to RealBlend, R-E-E-L-B-L-E-N-D at CinemaBlend.com. That goes to Gabe, it goes to myself, and we will read them at the top of the show. So I want to start with uh, two that we got this week. One is from... (laughs) This is great. Uh, I'm going to pronounce it phonetically because it's spelled really weird. Totally not Kevin's mom. <laughs> from, <laughs> from New Zealand. It's funny that actually is my mom this time. <laughs> She's awesome. from, from New Zealand and says, What an amazing podcast. Incredibly deep, down-to-earth discussions about film and the industry. Worth a watch. While all of the members are great, Kevin is the clear star. Such a nice young man that I've never oh, okay. heard of before this it. podcast. <laughs> is this someone that you know? No, it's it, it, they're they're probably joking like they're my mom, and oh, they're right. saying Kevin's like my favorite. Yeah, that's that, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> totally not Kevin's mom, and actually uh, the subject is so proud. So I think it's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clearly they're joking. <laughs> it's great, and then and uh, we, uh, yeah, that, yeah. And that's a, that's a joke. If you're first tuning in, that we make fun of the fact that my mom's the only listener of our show. If you're just yes. listening to us for the first time, uh, the other one comes from the real Marv uh, from the UK. Um, who I know follows us on Instagram too. And we'll also post Sean, her. Pause. Thing. Yes. When you hear the name Marv, what's the first thing that comes to my mind? Sin City. I don't know why. Oh yeah, Does I guess it would you be. Yeah. Sure. Is that the first thing that hits your mind when you hear? I, that's the first thing that hit my mind. I just thought, I just imagined Mickey Rourke in that black and white uh, Sin City setting. Well, wait. Now I'm now I'm going to sound really stupid if I say this, but isn't that isn't that who gets shot in the face in the back of Pulp Fiction? Isn't it Marvin? That's like, Marvin. Marvin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there he goes. That that was that was your experience. I think about that. Marv. There you Dude, go. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. He writes so much in one show, and he says, "I will admit to coming across the Real Blend podcast through their sister show, Hero Blend, and I'm so glad that I did. It's so entertaining to hear people." who are so enthusiastic about film and aren't afraid to voice their serious and educated opinions to give the listener all the information that is needed to make a decision. The interviews are great, and I really like the blend game, where you choose your favorite film or performance by a chosen actor or director. An absolute must-listen that I always have on when I'm doing my job as a driver. By the way, I'm not Kevin's mom, with an exclamation point. That's exactly something Kevin's mom would say. Yeah. Right, way to go. I'm telling you, these... these, Dunkirk and Kevin's mom. I'm, I'm happy those are making their way into the reviews. It makes me happy. It's so great. Uh, <laughs> it's God, so ridiculous. Is, these reviews help us so much. Gabe wants me to definitely point out the fact that uh, because Apple Podcasts is starting to pay attention to the show, you have to go over there, give us a star rating. You got to give us re- reviews. Um, just keep recommending us to friends. Spread the word that way. We've seen the community grow. We've seen people come to the Twitter account and say, oh, my friend told me I need to start listening. But my friend, they'll say, my friend also told me that this is just a great community to be part of and then they start playing along with things on social media and weighing in and of course doing the blend game things and but it's not only that like in addition to the blend games there are people who just like on the weekend will start up a topic uh amongst the blenders on social media and and go for days talking about things i, I love it i think it's fantastic 
I agree I, with you. You guys ever feel excluded? Like I'll, I'll see, I'll like randomly be tagged in the middle of one of their conversations, and it's my guy. It's like my god, it's high school all over again. People are well, having conversations yeah. and hanging out without me. I'll tell you yeah. what, I get a lot of Forrest Gump hate on Twitter. Um, like right people rightfully so, so. Rightfully yeah. freaking so. Tweet me Forrest Gump stuff, and I'm like, like why did what did I do to you guys to hurt you? Like, well, I, <laughs> you clearly hate a film that everybody knows is a good movie. That that's the bit. Like like you're we we know you're doing a bit, Mr. O'Connell. We we we. Know you don't really hate it as much. It's as a you long say. con. It's a very you're, long con. You're also you also admitted that you're keeping it from your kids. Like you're oh. not going to show your kids that movie is what you said. I would not show that. Well, I told them I wouldn't <laughs> show them Lord of the Rings. I might eventually what is show them Forrest you, Gump. Man, Lord of the Rings is amazing. Mm, we'll see. <sighs> um, we're going to get into news, and we want to start someplace really special. Um, only because not not well, special is the wrong word. Uh, unique and different because Jake happened to be at Ground Zero um, as this Jesse Smollett story was rapidly evolving. And from the minute that that story began, uh, it was, it, it seemed odd. And and then it got even more strange and then it took a million left turns. But Jake was able to cover it from the, from the insider's perspective of a Chicago newsroom. And uh, we wanted to give him the floor to sort of talk about that experience. Yeah, just honestly, just, and you know, we talked about whether or not this was even an, an appropriate topic for the podcast because, you know, what we talk about so often, which is one of the perks of, of what we do, is getting to travel the world and, and talk with sort of our cinematic heroes and, and, and sit down in these junket rooms. And it's fantastic. But, you know, Kevin and I work for like actual news organizations. We, we are first and foremost journalists, which is why I got on my soapbox uh, a couple of weeks ago in regards to the Netflix numbers. Um, but working for Fox, being the entertainment reporter for Fox in Chicago, which is the network that airs Empire and in the city in which they shoot Empire, I literally live, this no pun intended, two blocks from where uh, the, the uh, alleged attack took place. I mean, this was as close to a, a story that could happen in my backyard as, as you could possibly get. And it was just a really, just the past three weeks really have been just a surreal experience within my career about where, where it's just sort of been this blend of um, being both an entertainment reporter and just a journalist. I mean, I, I can now admit openly that I texted you guys on the very first day the news broke uh, of the attack saying, guys, this doesn't seem right. Something something is off about this story. And, and then obviously the truth ended up coming out uh, over time. And it was just a really surreal experience and sort of a, a reminder that um, – you know, what we do is not all cushy, fun hotel rooms and traveling around the world and happy-go-lucky celebrities. Sometimes there is sort of a, a, a harsher, more journalistic side to what we do and, and, and is a reminder that um, at all times, you know, we really got to be on our toes whenever we're, whenever we're hearing things. You know, there's a, uh, there's a great quote that I learned from Chicago journalism whenever I moved here, which is that when your mom uh, tells you that she loves you, double check that. <laughs> and uh, and it's just sort of a reminder that you know first and foremost you know we got to be a journalist, which is why I go back to the Netflix things. You know, like show me show me the facts behind those numbers. And uh, and it's, I love doing the junkets and I love covering the movies. It is it is the dream part of what is already a dream job. But this has been a really um, personally fulfilling and eye opening experience for me uh, as both an entertainment reporter and just a actual just journalist at the core. Have you interviewed yeah. him before as part of the? Oh Empire yeah, stuff? many times, many times. And how, how did he strike you? Perfectly pleasant guy. You know, honestly, if I have a problem with anybody in the, in the Empire cast, it's Terrence Howard, who is known to be not a nice guy. Um, but uh, but Jesse Smollett has always been perfect. I've, I mean, Kevin, you've interviewed him, too. We've got, we've got him at the Empire Junkets before. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, the whole story was crazy because, and again, I'm in D.C., but we also run Empire. Empire is a huge show for us. Uh, we had Taraji P. Henson come in the week after the incident. 
And I remember, um, like, Jake was talking about, like, the journalistic aspect to um, our jobs. I mean, you have to bring, you have to ask those questions. You have to be able to talk about that. I mean, she's coming in to promote what men want. And we talked to her about the Justice Millette. Now, at this point, you know, we didn't know what happened. So uh, at the day I talked to her was the day he returned to set after the incident occurred, the day after he returned to set. So I asked her what it, what it was like to have him back on set. How was he? Was he back? Because, again, we don't know. We didn't know anything was a... He was, was a victim. We had no reason yeah, we to didn't believe know. he was yeah. a victim at that point. And, uh, but I remember my anchor... Uh, then taking it a step further and saying, what about the backlash that, you know, this may or may not be fully true, uh, essentially, and that, that criticism. And um, I remember the director, Adam Shankman, taking that aspect. Um, and, I, you know, to this day, I, it, it, it's like it's, it's a very strange story. Jake has a much more um, connection to it than I do. But, I mean, I've been covering it, but uh, just based around the news that's come out of Chicago. And props to people in Chicago, by the way. Um, obviously, your station. I saw a video that I think you posted about your camera guy grabbing a shot of Jussie leaving the courthouse yesterday. Yeah, which so, was so a that crazy is called, shot. Um, like, they're, they're, that is called a scrum when, when all of those people are like surround somebody as they're trying to move from point A to point B. Jussie was leaving... Um, after after posting Bond and was trying to get into a car, but he had to, of course, walk a stretch, maybe a quarter of a mile, and just this crowd of just reporters and, and photographers, not just from Chicago. This is a national story. We're, I mean, paparazzi was there. National entertainment shows were there. Um, and so it's referred to as a scrum, which is a, a rugby term. Um, and, and I've had reporters who have worked in Chicago as photographers for 30 years who have covered some of the biggest stories in the history of our country. It said that is the craziest scrum they've ever seen in their entire lives it was career, unreal career career report photographers saying that i mean it's just been, it's just been a weird weird time in chicago these past three weeks well, yeah, and connecting i hope it, people realize that this didn't you know what one thing we do have to to emphasize though is that he is going to court he does maintain his innocence and in america you are innocent until proven guilty um so that is something that you know obviously we have to you know if we're going to abide by our justice system uh respect that he part paid of the, the guys with a check and, Personal check. That, yeah. Well, here's the thing. So uh, the reason why we're bringing this up uh, is yesterday, Jake and I, or two days ago, it was yesterday, Jake and I were, were on a text chain. So it's Jake, Sean, Gabe, and myself. And I'm, I was in LA working on my Captain Marvel questions. And it was like 7.30 there. Or whatever. I think it was 10.30 or 8, uh, not 9.30 where you were, Jake. Um, and then that press conference hits. And I just like was glued for uh, whatever how long that press conference was. And people who I mean, Jake, you know, gentle, the gentleman's name who was doing the main uh, the majority of the speaking, um, yeah. the superintendent. Yeah, he's uh, the, the police superintendent referred to as the top cop. His name is Eddie Johnson. Yeah, and we were just like Jake and I were going back and forth because it was it's ri- riveting. Yeah, I don't know if it's the right term for it, but it was it was no, it was it was it was. It was good, insane. It was damn good TV. Yeah. But it was like, it was very, it, it almost seemed like a movie, which is kind of like, it, it was something you would see written into a film. Like it did not seem like it was a real situation. How is this really happening? Except and then, I was in a very important staff meeting and <laughs> I had 65 messages on my yeah. cell phone. It just kept it was just shaking me. I've had to silent the notifications in this text thread just because like sometimes you know, one of us has to step away from our phone. The four of us all have busy jobs and, and we can't be up by our phones at all times. I've genuinely had to do that very same thing. I, I love you guys, but I've had to si- I've had to silence the notifications 
on yeah. our text thread. Yeah. But Jake and I were going back and forth, yeah. like, and no one else was responding, but we were just kind of like... I just assumed that they were captivated by our text. Yeah. That's why they weren't responding. No. But I mean, <laughs> and then we can we, we can move on whenever, but my only question that I think Jake and I were... I still... we Again, to Jake's point, Nothing's been proven yet. They're, they've, you know, they have He hasn't been to court yet. I guess is the yeah. is the he hasn't uh, been convicted. Proper terminology. Um, the question that I really want to know that I don't know if we're ever going to get the answer to uh, is why. Yeah. I mean, from honestly, from what it sounds like, the the what what police have said so far is that he was unhappy with his pay on Empire, and that he thought that the national attention that he got from this attack might be able to yield a higher paycheck. Ugh. Um, for him, that seems that seems to be unfortunate. Like it, it, it doesn't it a miscalculation. Make sense. But yeah, but that's yeah. that's what crazy. That's what we're being led to. All right. Well, but Jake, before we move on, real fast, what was your what was your what were you what was it like in the newsroom for you? I think that that's the question that we were all interested in. Like, what was it was like to be in a Chicago newsroom reporting on that story? Was it, um, I mean, I, you know the, the weirdest part of it, and this sort of goes back to the whole journalistic aspect of it, is that you know you get. Um, off the record facts and you get off the record pieces of information that you can't run with and that's that's part of being a journalist so there were a lot of things that we knew um, a couple of days or in some cases a couple of weeks before they really became public so it was just a matter of um, you know just double checking facts and, and, and doing good journalistic work and we had an entire team of, of reporters at Fox 32 who did some truly truly amazing work and they held by their journalistic standards and they maintained their journalistic integrity. And I know that they had pieces of information that they could have run with, but they weren't that maybe they were 99% sure it was true, but they weren't hundred percent sure. And they held back and they could have gotten credit for, for going and being first. Um, and there are a lot of moments where we could have gone and done that. And we didn't. And, and I walked away from this entire experience learning so much, not just from the experience, but from all the reporters at my station uh, about really how to cover something like this and uh, the importance of being right over being first. Yeah, that the the lesson you just said is something that needs to be applied everywhere in journalism, no matter what the story is. And like, and I, we've gotten to a point, and this is for everything. This is for movie reviews. This is for every single thing. Everyone wants to be first. Doesn't matter if it's like if if, if it's accurate. If it's uh, if if you're not a hundred percent certain about something, don't post it. Right. But because people, especially something that could ruin someone's life. Yeah. But you want to be, and, and we end up like it's all about being hyperbolic, you know, and and being the first to get to it. And like you said, even if you're ninety nine point nine percent sure, don't go with it yet. I mean, like, uh, what blows my mind about that story specifically, kind of tying it back to Hollywood specifically, are are, are were the reactions that people had on social media based on the news they had heard originally without knowing everything yet. And then having those people having to go back now and either delete their tweets, yeah. correct them. But the thing is, is that all those people are now saying nothing. That, that was one of my stories right. today is that all of Hollywood, who was so quick right. to jump onto social media and make comments whenever the alleged attack occurred, there's a weird, there's a weird hush over uh, social media uh, about this, which I think is very telling, which – which is one of the many reasons that so many people have problems with Hollywood. You know, is yeah. that they'll they'll jump on one bandwagon but not another. So I don't know. Uh, anyway, moving yeah. on to, to bigger and better. I things. want to switch gears to um, Chris Hemsworth being cast as Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh Christ, I got problems with that <laughs> too. Um, oh, I love this. Well, casting. well, first off, I think the casting is incredible um, because I think that Chris Hemsworth is far more talented than people give him credit for. 
Yes. And I think he'll be able to do a really good job with this. But uh, it, leading into the show, Jake brought up a, an amazing point that I never once thought about. And it's a problem that's happening with multiple biopics. So, Jake, explain your your hang up with this, because it has nothing to do with Hemsworth. Can I yeah, guess? I think, can I guess Jake's hang up? Sure. You know I what my hang up is. You know what my hang up is. I know Jake so well. And I actually don't I actually don't know this information. And I'm only gonna guess this based on Jake's previous comments about biopics. Is Hulk involved? Yeah. Yes, he's the executive freaking okay. producer of his own story. And you yeah. should not be able to tell your own story. That's my problem with Bohemian Rhapsody. It's my it's unfortunately gonna be an issue for me with Rocket Man because Elton John's involved in that film, and Hulk Hogan is an executive producer. And I'm sorry, Hulk Hogan has got a lot of stuff in his life and his background that he's probably not gonna want told. And if that's the case, if he has any control whatsoever, if there was ever a moment where he was able to tell someone, no, I don't want that part told in the movie then you shouldn't be involved wait till someone dies and then tell their story i don't think someone should be involved whenever you're telling their life story it's just not right it's not right you shouldn't be able to do it no i agree it's fair um you get the but what my problem with bohemian rhapsody you get the polished um no warts version you know you you to me you had the best question at the junket for bohemian rhapsody of just like if this were an r-rated version What's you know, what are some of the aspects that we would have gotten from that story? And the minute they choose to go PG-13, they're going to soften it, obviously. And the minute right. that the band is behind it, they're going to show the best sides of their of right. their rise to fame, of course. Well, well, not just that is that that Brian May and Roger Taylor, in my opinion, they walk away from that movie looking like choir boys. When if when I read a book going into that because we did two junkets for that film. So I read a whole biography about Queen. They were into just as much stuff, albeit different stuff, but they were into just as much stuff as Freddie Mercury does. But for some reason, he's the only one that looks like he was causing trouble right. in the band right. while everyone else was off just being perfect little perfect little people. And that's that's yeah, yeah, not yeah. fair. That's not fair to Freddie. I don't I don't think you know, everyone keeps talking about how much Freddie would love this movie. I don't think he would. I really don't. Right. I th- I think Freddie Mercury would like the movie. See, I, I, but I I agree with you. I think there's an interesting element to think about when when a person is involved, especially someone like Hulk Hogan, who's done some pretty you know some very big things in the news that were very controversial yeah. and negative. Um, I would imagine that those stories are popular enough that if he kept them from the film, that would be a glaring issue. Um, I mean, what about Bohemian Rhapsody? Like there were. I- well, what was what was glaringly pulled from Bohemian Rhapsody, like like a neg- a negative story about? Um, Freddie I think Mercury. it was just the the degree of. I mean, like he led arguably an R rated lifestyle. And no, I get that. I think but people see, I don't... felt a little betrayed by like showing hints of a little cocaine on a tray. Like I'm sorry, like that's. See, Wait. I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody was a Freddie Mercury movie. I think Bohemian Rhapsody was a Queen film. It was. It was fronted as his story but at the end of the day I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was a celebration of Queen's music and to me like that's why I loved Bohemian Rhapsody was the, like the whole entirety of Live Aid which by the way cool little side note if you buy the Blu-ray for uh, for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody you get the entire Live Aid performance that they shot um, they took two of the songs out of the for the movie version but they actually did film the full thing that's it was, cool. and it was and the first and day of shooting and that was Brian Singer right yeah if it was yeah, first day of sing, the, if it was first day of shooting it had, I'm assuming it had to be Brian Singer the first shot of the entire production of Bohemian Rhapsody was the long was the shot at the top of Wembley up to the piano as Romney took the piano to play Bohemian Rhapsody but um, that being said 
I, it's funny, I, I completely agree with where you're coming from, from an ethical standpoint of someone being involved in their own telling of a story. Um, Bohemian, I, I don't feel as strongly as you do about that aspect of it, because I felt Bohemian was just a celebration of Queen's music. We, I don't think, I don't consider it a Freddie Mercury story. So that, if you do, then, then that's where you're kind of having the disconnect with those, with Brian and Roger being involved. Elton John, I don't, that's the thing. I'm thinking of glaringly negative things that have happened in, in these people's lives. Like Hulk Hogan has very big stories about him. There's, there's, uh, things he said that were very controversial. Uh, isn't there like a, isn't, wasn't there like a a tape that was made about, Mm -hmm. um, so Mm -hmm. I think all these things are going to be in the movie because if they're so popular that if they left them out, it would be so overwhelming. I don't even, I don't even know if that's going to be a, I mean, I think the movie's going to be about the seventies and then like the the Hulkamania in the eighties. Oh, really? I don't even know if it'll get to. Yeah, maybe. That's, I mean, that's what I. Well, that's what I've I read. mean, to make a parallel to a movie that's opening this weekend, Fighting with My Family, right? Which the wrestler page was very heavily involved in. Right. I and you like that movie, Jake? I did like that. The movie. movie's really good. So, so does that one? Is that yeah. does that does that draw a line with you about that her being involved in the story? You know, I, I asked Stephen Merchant about that, uh, about the dangers of having someone involved and being able to have her um, influence. And he said that there, you know, for every to- every story that she told him, he would go to uh, someone else and tell them that story. And then they might go, eh, oh, yeah, maybe. And there's a scene in the film uh, where it implies that she's being picked on in this training camp by this group of girls. And one of the revelations in the film is that it's not really so much that she's being picked on, is that she's also kind of being mean to them. Mm. And so that's why, he, so he said in that regard, he tried to show both sides of it. It's her version of she feels like she's being picked on by these you know, super cute girls, but then the, the cute girl's going, you know, you've never once tried to talk to us, and you've never once been friendly to us, and you've never once tried to get to know us. So he so he addressed that. He acknowledged both sides of that and said he tried to put both sides of that uh, in the film in there, which I thought he did a pretty good job of. So here's my question, because um, I think Jake's point is interesting, because I, I, I agree mostly with what you're saying in the sense of ethical idea of having them tell their story. Um, bohemian aside, I completely agree with you. Um, I'm trying to think of very famous biopics that have happened over the years. Walk the Line is one coming to mind. Was Cash's family involved in that at all? Was, no, was there I any don't involvement? Think so. I really don't know. No, I really okay. don't. Okay. But so honestly, I mean, no. then again, on the flip side, like Braveheart is not an accurate telling of William Wallace. Right. Spoiler alert, William Wallace was not involved in the making of What about Braveheart? Greatest Showman, which is a completely different... Uh, the, but I don't think anyone goes to Greatest Showman person. expecting to truly learn well, and about P.T. Barnum. That's the true thing. Like, if the movie's entertaining, then I'll judge it that way. Like, right? So Bohemian Rhapsody's entertaining. So yeah. does that bother you that Roger yeah, but Taylor Bohemian and Brian Rhapsody May? sells itself as... The story of Queen. This is the story of Queen. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, technically speaking, the things that happened in that film with the music did happen. So, did like, they? The, no, I don't. I, 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 the music, dude, the music. There's at no point where there's no point where a band member, while everyone was fighting, grabs a bass and goes, "Done, done, no. done." No, how do you okay, know? Like, okay, but that's the how do you know? Because I read a book. Well, but my point being is though, like, you're condensing two hours. You did you like Argo? Oh, now this is okay. interesting. This is interesting. You loved Argo. Tony yes. Mendez 
did interviews for that movie. That's completely what you're saying. But here's the deal. Here's the deal with Argo, though. Argo changes the the speed in which they go through the airport. It does not change the entire, like, foundation upon which the story rests. Uh, You know, Bohemian Rhapsody makes a villain out of Freddie Mercury because how dare he go solo and break up the band? He was the last member of Queen to ever go solo. There's nothing in Argo that, that, that... fundamentally changes the structure of of the story like that. Was there an airport runway sequence with cops? Did that actually No, but that doesn't that life? doesn't change. That yes, doesn't it change. does. No, it doesn't. It it, it, it completely it, it increases it. the speed upon which they get onto the airplane. But all right, right so Jake, no. Jake, Jake, Jake <laughs> last last thing I'll say. Last My thing. point being is that I, I I agree with Jake, but I do think Jake is letting certain movies slide. Like Argo, Tony was involved no. heavily in that film. Should he have been? It doesn't matter. No, it's an entertaining film. I know. So, so where's that line drawn then? So, is, is Rocket Man a movie that you can't enjoy? No, he might enjoy it because Elton's involved. I might enjoy it. it might be great. I okay. might enjoy it. Yeah, it might be great. Sean, where where are you on this? Real fast. Do you mind if people are involved that were involved in the story? Um, I think the movie will, would inherently be more interesting if the people didn't have control. If you could tell. All aspects of their story. The thing I was mm. talking about with um, uh, fighting with my family is that Paige has a lot of really dark things in her story that the movie doesn't go anywhere near. That I didn't even right. I didn't even know until I started researching to do an interview with her and then found out all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, this stuff. I didn't even know how she uh, ended her career. Like she has a bad neck injury and like it doesn't get yeah. into any of that stuff. And if, if it wasn't a movie that she was involved in, I think the filmmakers would have had more... F- freedom and courage to go after bigger things like that and they and they well, don't but it's still well, a but the movie. flip side well with the flip side of that when you have the people really involved could you get more information possibly do you know more accuracy yeah sure possibly so it it, it see it's funny i i see where jake's coming from but then i also think that there's a balance i don't think it's, it's black yeah, and, and white I, and, I, and i also see where you're coming from i think it's a dangerous precedent to set to yes. just start letting people be involved in their own story i agree yeah. I, 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 I just don't, I, I don't think it's black and white at though. a distance you interview them, you get a ton of information, and then you go, cool, thanks very much, have a nice day, and then you go off and you make the movie. Okay. I don't think they should ever step foot on the on like, on like the set of the movie you're making. All right. I want to note that right. we learned today that A Quiet Place 2 is coming. Um, it has a release date. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, John Krasinski coming back to direct and confirmed today, too, that Emily Blunt is coming back as well. So I think that deflates some of the ideas that this was going to be an anthology-type story told in the same universe, but maybe following a different a family. Bummer. Yeah, I, yeah. I like and what, the idea and what, of their and what story ending with a gun cock. That should have been the end. Like that would have been it. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that's the perfect. You know, like imagine you're reading a um, you know, a collection of of short stories. Yeah, and you know, one of the short stories just ends with like this this sense of uncertainty. I think, and then you move to the next one. You're like, oh my god! Like I just like I don't want an answer to that. I don't want an answer to what comes after that. Yeah, the movie's gonna open and Mary Poppins is gonna come out of the bathtub. That's, that's what's gonna happen because like <laughs> I remember seeing like this crazy like cool connected. So maybe movie. we'll get a good Mary Poppins sequel. Yeah. Stop that that movie's hoping. good. It's not good, Sean. It's, it's not. What's wrong with you two? It's not good. It's so it's entertaining. Not. It's not entertaining. <laughs> anyway. But no, I, A Quiet Place, um, I, you know, I joke with you guys. I didn't love it as much as you guys did, but I, I thought it was a, an incredibly solid uh, uh, directorial debut. For, or not debut. It was one. Uh, he, he already he did, did The Hollers, hollers before yeah. that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which he came in the studio for. He was, he was really nice. Um, but... Uh, it was a really solid horror film. Um, I had issues with some of the things, but I, I mean, that movie was so successful. Um, I do wonder, though, 
uh, does the bit wear off. Yeah. Like, and I think Lego Movie was a great example that we all experienced, which I liked Lego Movie, but the second one, but there was something while watching, I remember Jake texting me after I got out of it, and he goes, what'd you think? I'm like, it was good, but I mean, like, I just felt like I had seen it already. And um, I just wonder where they go with Quiet Place 2. Is, is this a necessary sequel? Or is it being made because of the box office success? Right. And I think that's a question that needs to be answered. Like, I, I would assume Krasinski's smart enough to go, okay, are we making this for the right reasons or the wrong reasons? Um, but I don't I don't know. Sean, do you have any intel on where they're going to go with this? No. And in fact, um, he never really had an idea for a follow-up. Uh, and has said that multiple times in that worries me. interviews. But I mean, it doesn't mean that he can't, you know from the time that it took off that he put a lot of thought into sitting down and cracking a story about where could it go. I mean, I like the way in, in the story, how they would hint at other camps of people. Uh, you'd see the, the lights come on on the surface. And yeah, I would actually love if they just did stories Ooh. on the different camps. Cause remember at one point, uh, the other yeah. camp just doesn't turn their light on. Yeah. Which implies something happened to them. I would love to know what happened to them. Like go over to the other camp and show me, you know, like you don't even have to go to the other side of the country. Just go yeah. 14 acres away. But so that could explain cool how idea. blunt yeah. is part of it. Then if the movie yeah. primarily focuses, yeah. yeah. If the movie focuses I on like somebody that. else. Yeah. There's a scene in that film, by the way, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to botch the material that they were using, but they were in that barn. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, was it wood chips that they were like diving into? It was like a sand. Oh, it was, it was, uh, it was a corn, it was a, a corn silo. silo. Yeah, a, a silo. That scene is unbelievable. Like that, that was like my favorite scene in the movie. And I remember seeing a behind the scenes footage and, and props to John Krasinski who shot the movie on film, which was like incredibly crazy. Like to think that he shot 35 mil for one of his second, you know, or one of his like earlier films and directorial. Uh, but you know, that movie, that scene was unbelievable. And there's a really cool behind the scenes shot of Krasinski like doing something directorial with a 35 mil camera. It was like the like Panavision. It was like awesome to see. Perfect. So I, I, I'm excited, but to Sean's point, if John didn't have a idea at the end of it, I want to, I want to know if this is being done for the right reasons. Well, and, but I know, commend him for that. Cause he just question. wanted to make yeah. a good movie. You know, it's, right. it's not like it's a franchise, like, cause everything's a franchise. Like he just had this good idea. He carried it through to its, Conclusion, like Jake said, it's it's a cliffhanger ending, but it's also satisfying. You know, you, what do you got? What do you guys think is the most unnecessary sequel of all time? Oh god, Matrix, Matrix Two, no, Avatar Two, no, Matrix Two, Matrix Two, Fl- well, unnecessary. I'm talking about the first one was perfect from beginning to end. It didn't need a continuation. Fl- Godfather Three, Fletch Lives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think Matrix Caddyshack like, Two. Caddyshack yeah, 2. I, I feel like there, there was more Matrix story to be told. I just don't think that they told it the right way. The Dark See, Knight? I think Ma- <laughs> hey! I love hey. The Dark Knight, man. Mary Poppins? <laughs> yeah, that, you know what? Jake, there you go. Mary Poppins returns. Unnecessary. <laughs> but, you know, but speaking of, of Avatar, though, this almost to me kind of falls in that same category of like, okay, Krasinski, I'm excited about you as a director now. Like, show me what else you can do. Like, don't don't go back to the well, man. Like, I know you can do that. Show me. Like, try something else and fail, but at least try something else. Yeah, I guess. Well, let's. I mean, he's going to be Jack Ryan for two more seasons on on Hulu or Amazon or wherever. Yeah, Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. So he's busy with that. Okay, so we have uh, 
It's Friday, and Sunday is the Oscars. And as Kevin pointed out at the top of the show, this uh, show started off as awards blend, where we would do a lot of awards coverage, and we've been doing it throughout the course of this season. And so it's finally time for us to give our predictions in every single category, uh, except for the shorts, because we didn't get a chance to check out all the shorts. And so next week... We're going to do the pants, though, instead. We'll do the pants <laughs> instead. Uh, score. You guys can score our predictions, and the winner... Uh, is going to get uh, burgers. The The bet is burgers in some way, shape, or form, but we're not quite sure how we're going to pull this off. Well, we need we all need to pick one then because, so, Jake obviously is water, water burger. Right. Uh, I'm uh, in and out. out. Are you in and out too? No, or, mine's Shake Shack. Mine's Shake Shack. You babies are paying up if I win. Shake, dude, I, I, I'm not taking a mortgage. You're going to have to. Then beat me. Then you got to beat me at the game. That's all. They literally, they credit check me when I go to Shake Shack. They're like, what's that? You want fries? Did you bring your first four shots? Fine, you cheap MFs. I'll do five guys. No, it doesn't matter. You're not going to win anyway. Do whatever you want. Shake Shack, okay. keep yeah. what you want. Yeah, but I will say, win, so it doesn't matter. It is crazy though that the same thing you can get at Shake Shack yeah. is seventeen dollars, and then an In and Out, it's yeah. eight ninety five. Because it's quality. I might go at each other, but at least we're the burgers of the people. Yes. We're the burgers <laughs> of the working man. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I am upper class. If I've not established <laughs> that much over the course of this podcast. I have a refined uh, tastes. So we're going to rifle through. Right, so that's, that's the bet, right? Yeah, that's the so, bet. Uh, so yeah, whoever, yeah, that's a good bet. how does this work? So the, the, the person who gets the most right. Correct, yes. Yeah. Then, the, then how does the, how do the other two play The out? next time we're all together in a place where we can get those burgers, uh, the other two pay. The other two have to split the bill. Or should we do it where the person who gets the least right pays for everybody? Oh, Oh, that's fun. That's that fun. Yeah. So the person that gets the least right has to pay, and the person that gets the most right. So what you really want to do is just be the middle guy, because then you're, you're good. <laughs> then you just yeah. get to eat for free. <laughs> we, we, did, we, did, we, we didn't really figure this out before the show. I like the person <laughs> who gets least has to pay. Yeah. And, and the, the person who gets, gets the most, most picks the place. Yeah. Picks, Perfect. Picks the place. All there right. you go. Okay, there good. Go. And Gabe's going to keep track of us as we go. Uh, we want you guys to play along at home. So mark down all your picks and then score them during the Oscars broadcast. And then you can share uh, with us on Twitter right after the show how many you guys got right. So we're going to go through these really quickly and pick um, our picks. So visual effects. Avengers Infinity War. Christopher Robin. First Man. Ready Player One and Solo, Solo, a Star Wars story. What people don't You're realize. You're all a bunch of assholes. What people don't realize uh, this in, in Solo is that the actual vocal cords that were used to say the Solo name scene were done through performance capture. Someone mo-capped the vocals that came out of Alden's mouth. Oh, I That's all terrible. done through performance capture. You know you know what's funny, you <laughs> assholes, is I was just about to say how good of an episode this was. It's I was like great. literally about to like stop this episode yeah. and go, this is going so well. But no, screw you guys. I quit. I quit this freaking show. You guys suck. I wasn't going to say better. anything about all of your all stupid black and white foreign language streaming all film. Right. I'm picking uh, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, definitely. No question. And, and and solely based on the performance capture effects on Brolin. All right. Uh, there is nothing like the photorealism of the way they – obviously, he's an alien. But the expressions on – you know what's brilliant? You know why it's going to win, Sean? If you watch the film closely more and more, 
Thanos starts growing facial hair. Really? Throughout the film. Really? Yeah. And then you can actually see his stubble coming in as the story progresses. It's that detailed. That's like crazy. You, there's like sweat, pores. Um, I saw Alita again the other day, and I was like, that's another step beyond. The visual uh, effects in Alita were very good. Woo! Like, there, if you see it, if you saw Alita in IMAX 3D, when you go to a close up of her face, the pores. It's like you're looking at a 4K shot of a human being. Right. It, it, it's unbelievable. But anyway, so we're all going Avengers on that. Um, the line reading yeah. that Thanos gives, which convinces me that Brolin belongs in the supporting actors category, is yeah. when he touches his cheek and he says, yeah. ruefully, all that for a drop of blood. Like, you guys threw everything you have at me, and this is the best you Brutal. could do. It's such a great performance. How does it get it's overlooked? A- I can believe, um, dude. I've been I've been arguing performance capture for years. I think Sean. Sir, what have you done? I know, I know, I know. I'm just yeah. That's all right. That line Continue. is amazing. Okay, costume design. I agree. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Wait, what are we doing? Costume design. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Black Panther. The favorite. Mary Poppins Returns and Mary Queen of Scots. Black Panther. I say the favorite. I am going to say. Oof. I'm going to say Black Panther. Good. We're going to... And Favorite is actually probably the safer choice because those are really good costumes. They but are. I think Panther. I've seen a lot of press about the the, the, the costume designer for Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, I actually I saw her. Favorite. I saw her the other day. I was, I was actually going to see Captain Marvel uh, in LA the other day and I was walking through the mall in Century City and right below me was a huge purple carpet that said Black Panther on it, and they were doing a whole thing about the costumes in that movie. Oh, wow. Ruth Carter, her name is. Like, She's been doing right. some great costume right. work over the years. It, it, it almost boils down to, like, do you think that the Academy is going to be more traditional in their pick, which I think the favor would fall into the more traditional, or do you think right. that they have the, the balls to, to give it? I, I, I wanted to give it to Black Panther. I just always lean on the side of they're going to be boring and go more traditional, which is why I'm picking the favorite. Yeah, and for people who are listening to this now, we're picking what we think is going to win, yeah. not what we want to Correct. win. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. All right, makeup and hair. We have three. Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. Vice. Uh, Vice. I'll say Vice also. And admittedly, I haven't seen Border, but um, Vice, uh, I heard Border's incredible. Have you, anybody of you no, seen I that? I haven't seen it. I heard it's unbelievable. Really? Um, Vi- well, you, you got to go Vice because of Bale. I mean, you know who has great makeup in that film is um, uh, Amy Adams. Mm. I think there's an, an understated value to her because they're like she's amazing in that film. I, I I think that might be one of the best supporting roles of last year. She was unbelievable. Quick random uh, like makeup note. Because I feel like it's taken a long time for Hollywood to actually start learning how to do really good like aging makeup. Look, make someone. Have you guys watched True Detective this season? No. The aging no. makeup they use on Stephen Dorff and Mahershala Ali. It's a like it's probably what they're going to look like in fifty years. It's really? astounding, astounding work. Wait till you guys see the de aging of Sam Jackson and Captain Marvel. Right, and, and 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 it's not just two scenes. The guys in the whole movie, and you're talking about. Flawless, like that excites me de-aging. about Scorsese's Irishman. Flawless, yeah, yeah. I know. But you're, t- I'm telling you, they have mastered it. It's done. They could do it now. I think it's I cool. Mean, I think it's cool. Jackson looks, it's unbelievable. But by the way, uh, we, and we haven't done a show since this happened. We got to mention this: hair and makeup uh, is one of the categories that was supposed to not be happening in the live broadcast. They've obviously the now Academy listens that. to Real Blend. 
Yeah. So you will now see all 24, including hair and makeup, which was not going to be in there uh, live on the show, not being edited and, and put back into the broadcast later and being disrespectful. We're going to get them all. I'm fascinated with how this telecast is going to look. All right. Original song. Do I have to go through all of them or do we all no. say shallow? shallow? Shallow. Shallow. Okay. Original score. All right. Original score. Black Klansman. Justin Hurwitz, first man, even though he's not in Black there. Panther. If Beale you heard, Street you heard talk, Kevin's pick. Uh, Isle of Dogs and Mary Poppins Returns. How did Isle of Dogs get in there? Do you mind going one more time on that? I'm sorry, Sean. I interrupted you. <laughs> my Justin Hur- I, I, I said Justin Hurwitz. I'm sorry. I know. Black Klansman. Black Panther. If Beale Street Could Talk. Isle of Dogs and Mary Poppins Returns. Beale Street. Beale Street. I'm saying Black Klansman. Because you interviewed the guy recently, didn't you? I did, and I love the score. It's, it's good music. That's a great score. It's a great score. That's a great score. I think, score. I think, I think, I, I, I think that score is Beale, used incorrectly. Beale Street is one of the greatest scores. It's I've, really I've, good. Hey, yeah. I don't know what's going on with me, but in the past two weeks, I've been listening to the first man score every day. I, I, I put on the to landing. To me, that sounds like you. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, there's nothing wrong on, with you. I, I, I put on like I put on the landing like like uh, every Thursday, every Friday I do a um I do a movie review package for like the different Fox stations, uh, the O and O's, whatever. Um, and when I'm writing that, I put on landing. Uh, yeah, oh, Gabe does too. It's Justin Hurwitz's score for First Man. The fact that it's not in there is mind blowing uh, because he won. Didn't he win everything leading up to the Oscars? Yeah, yes, he did. Which makes no sense. Um, and it is. One of my favorite scores I've ever heard. It is incredible. Incredible. But Bertel's, um, by the way, Nicholas Bertel, if I'm pronouncing his first name right, he did the score for Vice and for... Uh, Beale Street. Uh, Beale Street. Is, he, is Vice nominated too? No. Okay, so just, okay, all right, so Beale Street's my choice. All right, I'm, I'm, I regret my pick, but I'm going to stick with it. No, stick with That's it. That's where I'm going to lose my burger right there. Uh, production <laughs> design. Black Panther, First Man, The Favorite... Mary Poppins Returns and Roma. First man. The favorite. Uh, I say the favorite. Okay. All right. Sound mixing. Black Panther. Bohemian Rhapsody. First man. Roma. And A Star is Born. Wow. I say Bohemian Rhapsody. I say Star is Born. I say first man. Okay. Oh, 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 no. Oh, wait, I kind of want to say Star is Born. I'm going to say Star is Born. I'm going to say Star is Born. All right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Sound mixing. I'm going to Star is Born. All right. Come, 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 to, come yeah. to the right so, side. I said Bohemian Bradley, Rhapsody. Bradley was tireless in mixing. Oh. I know he was. Sound editing. Sound editing. Black Panther. Bohemian Rhapsody. First Man. A Quiet Place. And Roma. Uh, I say First Man. First Man. I will say Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Okay. All right. Film editing, major category, mm. huge repercussions on what's going to take best picture. Usually uh, we have Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book, The Favorite, and Vice. Uh, I'm actually going to say that film editing is going to have no impact 
On best picture, best picture, Jake, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. On best picture, yeah. Sorry, uh, I just I lost my train of thought. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with Vice. It's funny because I really, really dislike the editing in Vice, but I do think that the Academy likes it. So I'm going against myself completely here because I think the editing ruined that film, in my opinion. It's the most apparently edited. Right. Film. It's very edited. Like we're talking about. Like, the editing is a character in the movie, which is strange. Right. Like, people who don't know what editing they, is, you can explain it to them by, exactly. do, you do you see this? But yeah. I can't get um, over that viral clip of the scene from Bohemian Rhapsody with all the the cuts in it. <laughs> like, how is that a nominated movie? Yeah, but you can, you, you can do that with any movie. I know, movie. yeah. That, that, it's, very, it's under scrutiny, but I'm going to go Vice only because, like, exactly what Jake just said, it's very obviously edited. <sighs> what am I going to go with? I'll go with Vice also. For editing. I'll go advice for editing. Okay. All right. Foreign language film. Roma. 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 Okay. Do you think Cold War wins because Roma takes picture? No. Or do you... Th- okay. Because that's, that, that's a real dangerous thing, man. Because then, then, in theory, it's possible that Roma could walk away with neither of them. All right. Roma. I think it's Roma. I say or Roma. Does Roma winning foreign language affect its best picture chance? It could. It could. That's that's the more interesting question. Yes, I think it could. All right, documentary feature. Free Solo, Hale County This Morning, This Evening, Minding the Gap of Fathers and Sons, and RBG. Is there a part in... Have you guys seen Free Solo yet? Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm picking. That's my pick is Free Solo. Is there a part in Free Solo where like someone walks into like a like a restaurant and asks for like food, but they can't afford it. So they go, do you want it for free solo? Does that happen in the movie? I, Cause if it does, then I'll, I'll go ahead and choose that. Yeah. That was, that was such a stretch. Yeah. Such a reach. <laughs> we're giving, we're giving him reach. his first name. We have to give him his first name at some point, right? We have to, <laughs> we, we really do. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with minding the gap. Jake, what was yours? Free solo. Oh uh, yeah. Free solo. <laughs> Don't encourage him. It's his first name. Come on, they have to give him a first name. Alright. Now we get into the fun ones. Cinematography. I mean, I think this is this is easy, right? Cold War. The favorite. Never look away. Roma and a star is born. I want to say one thing, because I know we're all I know we're all gonna choose Roma. Um but I wanna give a you, shout out you to You think Ma- you know? What what I'm picking? Oh yeah, I'm. It's obvious we're all going with this, right? I mean, am I wrong? Are we all not going with Roma? I'm. Are you serious? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not in the okay. bag yet. Okay. Well, then I'll take Roma. You guys do your choices, and then I'll, I'll say what I'm going to say. I choose Roma. <laughs> I I want to choose Cold War. I know you do, but I don't know if I'm. I don't know if how risky that is, because this is where you start to talk about the fact that like. Cold War feels like it should, it's going to surface somewhere. And is it is it the foreign language? Or do they give it cinematography? He's not going to get director. The only, the only thing to your point, Sean, is that I could see cinematographers going like, hey, Alfonso, like, stay in your lane. This is our job. Right. No. And then purposefully voting against him. I'm still going with Roma, but I, I could Like, see... if Roma had Chivo's name on it, it would get it instantly, yes. right? Yes. Okay, I see but, but cinematographers know that Chivo was initially on the project and then couldn't do but it. But he didn't do it. Of... But he didn't do it. But Roma but it, is... But it, it has... Cinematographers say... Yeah. Roma is so beautiful. 
I, I got to pick masterful. Roma. It's so I beautiful. saw Cold War in a theater recently. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't look as clean as Roma does. Uh, Roma's like, Roma's perfect. But I love um, Star is Born cinematography also. That's what I wanted to bring up. So Matthew Libatique, who's not going to win this. Uh, I always thought this was so crazy that Venom and Star is Born opened in the same weekend. And he shot yeah, both he of shot them. Both. Um, it's cool. And, but Liberty, I, I want to, if you go back and watch the opening of Stars Born during Black Eyes, um, the way he uses the lights on the stage as like almost a way to transition in shots and like the flares become cuts. Um, and Bradley talked a lot about being on stage with Metallica, being behind Lars Ulrich and watching out to the crowd. And that's how he wanted the perspective of the shots to look. That's a really well shot movie and the best shot in that film the best series of shots in that movie in my opinion are is the Lady Gaga walk off the bus to the backstage area before she takes the stage for Shallow Uh, and I remember hearing Cooper talk about wanting to give audiences the way it looks when you go backstage at a show and I've been backstage at, at some shows before and it's not like a pretty environment. Like you're walking through, like, and if you remember the shot in the movie, like Gaga's walking, like, like these, like these workers come out in front of her with a table. Like it's, it's, it's like you're in a gym or something like that. It doesn't look like at all like you would think it would look. And I thought it was cool how he took us and then edited with that, that, that track that they're playing live on the stage. I think it goes into Alibi, I think, and eventually. Um, but it's, oh, it's awesome. I mean, I think it's a really well shot movie. It is, it's not going to win, but. Shout out to Matthew Libertine. Absolutely. All right, let's go to original screenplay. We have The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Green Book. Uh, I say The Favorite. Uh, I say Green Book. Wow. Yeah, because nothing says that beautiful dialogue oh. like, you people love the fried chicken. I know. I know. I, I can't believe I, I just... I just want you guys to know that that's what you voted for. <laughs> I, hope you can, I hope you can sleep No, 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 no. We're not voting. We're telling no, you. I know. I know. It's going to win. All right. Adapted yeah, yeah. screenplay. I, I, th- Who says that line? Is that Vigo? You people love Vigo. the fried chicken? Yeah. Vigo says that line. That's yeah. why it's in the car. I'm giving, it a, I'm giving it the nod because someone wrote in a script... This guy folds a giant pizza in half and eats it, eats it whole. <laughs> but the thing is, maybe they didn't. Maybe that was just Vigo. All right. Well, By the way, yeah. Vigo is so good in that movie. He's great. It's unbelievable. He, he is, looks really. so good in that movie. All right, adapted screenplay. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Joel and Ethan Cohen get a Netflix movie into the Oscar race. How about that? Uh, Black Klansman. Can you ever forgive me if Beale Street could talk and a star is born? Beale Street. Uh, I say Black Klansman. I think they're giving it to Spike Lee. I'm going with Can You Ever Forgive Me. Really? Yeah. Because of the WGA? Yeah. Oh, did they win the yeah. WGA? I don't know why my voice got so high right there. Yeah. Huh. Strictly really? on that. They, it'll end up going to the Coens now at this point. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Animated feature. I think we all Spider-Man. know this. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Give the Oscar to Spider-Man. <laughs> that, that's the only category where i truly will be devastated if that movie doesn't win well that it's a lock i hope so right i think that's a lock yeah spider so we're all going spider-man into the spider-verse officially yes okay all right supporting actor mahershala ali adam driver sam elliott richard e grant and sam rockwell from this point forward can we give our will win should win sure okay uh, uh, well, obviously, Mahershala is going to win this, but my, I, I'm hoping for a Sam Elliott surprise. 
Uh, I, I am also, I pick Mahershala to win. Um, yeah, I'd love to live in a world where Sam Elliott has an Oscar, but I... And he, de- and he deserves it. But, yeah. and I was watching uh, the, I was going through Instagram on Stars one the other, uh, today, actually, because I was trying to pull some images. Um, and they released that sequence when Sam Elliott backs the car up after, truck up after Bradley says, it was your voice that I admired. Um, which is just devastating. That and the twelve notes uh, sequence. Uh, it is. It, it's a masterclass performance. Like it's an unbelievable performance. Um, and I want to shout out to Warner Brothers. I like the way they cut their trailers and their promos for that movie. It was all like in silence. Yeah. And like they would, and then they would throw up like the quotes or like a, a different shot. And it was like it, I don't know. It was like really well edited. Um, but that shot alone, I think, deserves the award. I I want to say Richard E. Grant could steal this. It's possible he's like a favorite he, this award yeah, season. Yeah, but he would have needed to have won something. I know. Yeah, I know. So, all right, I'm gonna say Mahershala. Uh, um, who's who's your who's your uh, should win? I actually think Mahershala is a should too. I think he's great. In it. But you don't think it's like I know that they're both fair to put Mahershala. No, yeah, exactly. So to me, it's unfair to put Mahershala up against Sam Elliott. But that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying I'm saying will win, and I do think he should win because I think he's really good in the movie. He is good in the movie, but I think Elliot stands. I don't know. They're both great. Elliot best represents what it means to be a supporting actor. Right. See, I would argue Mahershala does too because Mahershala, even though I think Mahershala is a lead, um, Vigo is as good as he is because of Mahershala, which is kind of the definition of a supporting role. But I mean, here's the reality situation: it's it's Vigo's movie. It's his story. Right, I mean, I don't know if you guys would agree with that or not. I think it's Vigo's story. Well, like Linda Cardellini is supporting in that movie, of, uh, right? Uh, but no, <laughs> but, but, but Mahershala is, and we all know this. It's all about how the studio positions the star because sure. into what category. I mean, they could have easily put him in lead, but they knew that he would have a. I mean, well, they compete against each other. They would compete against each other, right? And so, and, and it's funny. I, I think Emma Stone is the lead of the favorite. Yes. I think Coleman's the supporting Without character. Without question, yes. I don't understand that. That makes no sense to me. And I get, and I, but I would say probably they thought, okay, Emma won leading for La La Land, so let's move her to supporting. Would Coleman have a better shot at winning if she were in supporting? Yes, hundred percent. What she would be the front runner, in my opinion. Interesting. No, that's that's Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, supporting actress Amy Adams. For Vice, uh, Marina de Tavira for Roma, Regina King for Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone for The Favorite, and Rachel Vice for The Favorite. I'm saying it's Regina King. Uh, Regina King. Yeah, Regina King is definitely the will win. Um, she won the Globe, right? Globe and Critics' Choice. SAG, she wasn't nominated. So Blunt won there, right? Uh, and then... Yes. Uh, I, I think Amy Adams would would have more... Of a shot if she had won SAG, but she didn't even win SAG without yeah. Regina King being in the race. Well, I I find it unfortunate that she's not really even been talked about like a lot. Like, that's an amazing performance. But but I will say this: um, the person I want to win is Marina de, de Tavira. Yeah, I think I think her performance is so understated um, and so devastating. Uh, if you go back and watch that film again, like the goodbye to the husband, um, just the the whole. Her entire arc, there's a sequence in that film that I think is her, is her Oscar moment. It's the sequence when she's telling the kids where the father, the father's not coming back. It's all one, it's all one shot. It's behind the kid's back that she's talking to. 
and then they immediately go out to that um, crab with the wedding. I mean, it is. She's amazing, man. I, I, I and I think there could be. I've seen some experts talking about her possibly upsetting, but I think Regina King has. This it feels for like sure. every category can honestly could honestly have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would not bet the house on any category. Right, not this the year. only one that I think is the actual official lock. This year is probably Mahershala and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes, yeah, I would agree. Even even Mahershala, I don't I think, think he's is, a lot. I don't think I don't think there's there's no like Christoph Waltz and Glorious Bastards. There's no yeah. like there, there's I kind of no, like it though. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 like like there, there's a lot of them that are like 97, 98 percent sure yeah. one thing, but there's no one that I would slide over my life savings and go. It's well, this person. And, and I'm- I think this show is going to be amazing, and I think because of the disastrous reporting around it around it. Everybody's expecting it to be a disaster, so we're all going in with very low expectations. Um, I don't know if that means translates to being great, but I have a feeling, because it's official, Queen's opening the show, correct? I don't know if they're opening it, but they're performing I it. I heard they're opening. They could. You reported. So, and I, 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 I've, cool. already started to, I've already started to envision it in my mind of how they would open it. Like, I, And I, I've heard rumors that Romney's going to get on stage. Um, I, I wish I had a source for where I heard. I just heard this in conversation, but... I think you open the show, you it's a silhouette piano, Rami's on the piano, you have Adam sing um, the Bohemian Rhapsody intro, you do, you just just do the intro, you can't do the whole song, obviously. Right. It'd be funny, like Mike Myers walks out and goes, guys, guys, wrap this up, it's too, you're, you're, too, you're too long. Or if, or if Gabe came out. And yeah, guys, Gabe yeah. comes out. But, no, but by the way, I, I, editing, editing point I want to make, which I, my favorite edits in Bohemian Rhapsody is when they're in the middle of Live Aid and right as Freddie's saying, losers... They cut to Mike Myers in the office yeah. listening to the Live Aid show. That was cool. I know it's a little on the nose, but I thought it was it's funny. It's pretty um, on the nose. It's on the nose. Um, it's, but it's on those I, fake teeth. I liked it. But uh, that being said, I, I do want to say, um, uh, oh, I lost, I lost my train of thought here. I don't, I'm don't. i sorry. I'm like so tired. Opening. They're opening thought. the show. Oh, the opening. oh, yeah. So I think you open it up. You have Rami on the, at the piano because he obviously can play the piano for that part. Adam sings, then you just jump into two massive rock songs. You do We Will Rock You, and then my anchor today said you do The Show Must Go On. And then think about the energy the show would have at that four-minute mark right. when that when that performance is done. Because like when Timberlake you know, we, opened up with uh, can't, yeah. can't Stop the Feeling or whatever the name of that song was. It was a great opening. I'm telling you, that, that energy with Queen, it's... It, I think that I think you start the show right. Let me. And, but I'm going to make an where, argument. Where, too. Where's Kendrick, by the way? Why is Kendrick? He's not performing. See, I think that he's going to be there. I think there's going. There's why wouldn't he do it? I, I think if Bohemian Rhapsody had one more month to campaign, that would be the front runner for Best Picture. I. But it is. A, it's a possibility. It won the Globe. It. It just feels like the momentum is starting to swing toward that movie. In a way that if they had a little more time, they would people convince people to to believe in it. I, in a way that people, people don't right now. No movie last year has any more people come up to me about and said they loved it than Bohemian Rhapsody. It's almost know, made a billion dollars. People loved. I love it. I've watched it four times. My wife, Lauren, and I got the the, the steel book. And the other night we were eating dinner. We just watched the entire live game performance. I wish you guys saw Jake's face. I know. <laughs> Jake doesn't like it. was so surprised. Jake, 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 at least admit one thing. The For live me, it's, it's more along the lines of like, how do you have the time to watch a movie four times? Well, I saw it three times in theaters throughout the events that we did. And then I saw it, I mean, 
three and a half, I guess, technically speaking. We watched half of it the other day. But the, the, um, remember, Jake, I went to London and did the, and did the premiere. So I saw it at the junket screening and then I saw it again at Wembley Arena with, with 7,000 people. I'll tell you right now, being in that room with Queen and 7,000 people and Rami and Lucy and everybody and 7,000 fans right next door to Wembley Stadium, that was electric, man. I'm it was, sure. it was electric in there. But uh, All right. I do, yeah. Back sorry, on track. Anyway, so. Yeah, we gotta get back on track. Best actor. Well, th- th- this will speak to the point of the fact that, like, I'm not 100% confident in any of the rest of my choices for the for these top categories. Lead actor, Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, Rami Malek, Viggo Mortensen. Three months ago, give me your choice. Three months ago? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, three months ago, I Guys. say Cooper. Two months ago, I say Bale. Right now, I say Rami Malek. Rami. Guys, think about this for one second. I say Rami also. I want, I, I, I want you to transport back to me with me to September at TIFF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gabe, Gabe, add in some like some Back to the Future like uh, effects. We all walked out of Stars Born. It was the absolute frontrunner. Yeah. No, no question. Yes. Cooper was going to win. Picture done. Award season was over. And to my, Jake's, my, point, I say, Jake's point, he said, you don't, and I got don't fall a little off. bit of a tissy yep. because I said, yep. it's, I said it's too early. I said, yep. no, there's no such thing as a lock. You were September right. Though, September. You were right. Jake was right about that. He said, be careful because backlash occurs. Now, I wouldn't say backlash happened with Stars Born. I just think it fizzled out. You know, it's funny. To your, yeah, to your point, it wasn't that there was a massive backlash because I never felt – because because I used the example of La La Land and Social Network. And the reason I say that I don't think there was backlash is because I don't think a Star is Born was ever loved as much as Social Network or La La Land. It right. never reached that level of fandom. Oh, there seemed I, to be this yeah, feeling not, not that it couldn't level. break out. There were a lot of people that really loved it. I mean yeah. the soundtrack was popular when it first came out. I mean I think it, it, there's a possibility that it broke too soon. Um, because any movie has to keep that momentum going for too long, and it's really does, hard to do. Does that start killing Toronto? Because uh, that seems to be the – I mean, no, because then I guess Shape of Water came out. Shape of Water came out in Toronto. So, I don't know. Green Book won Toronto. Yeah. That's another yeah, thing I'm, yeah, I'm forgetting. Yeah. God. Yeah. But, you know, but but it's fascinating to me to think – fast-forwarding, let's, let's, go, let's, let's go back to the future now. <laughs> um, uh, it's an underdog. A Star is Born is the underdog of the Oscars. It could only win but one Oscar. It, isn't it kind of weirdly poetic that all the other ones only won one Oscar? Uh, yeah, yeah I, that is. I, that I, is here's my biggest reason, uh, problem with, with what's going on with Star is Born is that it's being judged on the fact that there were three other movies. And I think that it, it, it's, uh, I think it's unfairly being judged that way. Because on its own, it is a brilliant film. Right. But it's it, it's looked at as, and I've heard this from a lot of people. People literally say, "Didn't they make that movie four times?" Yeah, that's a, that that's a consensus. But to your people- point, I am also now seeing a bit of a turn of the tide where people are going, "Oh God!" Because we backlashed against *A Star Is Born* so much. Now *Bohemian Rhapsody* could win, and a lot of people are going, "We're sorry. We'll go back. Please let us go back to *A Star Is Born*." That's funny. Well, you know, I think in the industry, people are also saying, "All right, first time director." Uh, we don't want to necessarily pile on the accolades for him. And I'm sure the knock is still Gaga is not playing anybody outside of a popular singer. And she's just a popular singer. I think a couple of things to factor against it. Yeah. Wait, Kevin, who did you pick? Who did you pick? So I went, I went, um, Rami, Will, Bradley, should. We all say Rami. Wow. 
Well, Rami, we, we got to give some perspective here. Rami won the Globe, yeah. won the BAFTA. SAG, BAFTA. the BAFTA, and Critics' Choice. No, 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 Critics no, Choice. no, no Bale. Bale so if if Rami loses, it's to Bale, right? Probably. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, because Vigo be. hasn't won anything up to this point, right? Nothing that would be a big surprise. Can you imagine if Vigo wins? I thought Vigo had a really good shot, but until all this started playing out. Okay, lead actress, Yalitza. When did Rami become a frontrunner, by the way? Jake, when you and I were in London... Did you have any inkling when we were Sean in too, London? Any inkling that Rami I, would be the front runner uh, for best I actor? I thought no. Rami would be like the like maybe the fifth spot that could get you, knocked out of the nominations. We discussed that. Yeah, and now I, he's it, the it was a like man. I hope he gets nominated because he was really good. <sighs> yeah, Not crazy. he's going to win. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's crazy. This season's been nuts. All right, lead actress Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, Glenn Close for The Wife. Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forget Me? I think we all have the same one here, right? I mean, and, and it's not because we want it, but because of it, it's just because of the, What's the sheer uh, frontrunner element of it, of course. Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Yeah. But I mean, come on, guy. Like, don't. Like, she. Glenn Close needs an Oscar. Uh, see, then there's the inherent oh, problem. I, no, I agree with you, but I'm just saying, like, not as a voting member. As a an acceptor of reality, reality it's a career being, award. she's going to win. Therefore, I'm okay with Glenn Close living in a world where Glenn Close has an Oscar. If anything, just so we don't have to see her fake surprised face anymore. <laughs> True, uh, it's a I'm career. So sick of that. That like, oh, who me? Look yeah. on her face every time right. she wins. Oh, I have, I? A qu- I have a qu- I have a question. Yeah. So, um, I can't remember the month. It was right around what 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 month did Mission Impossible Fallout come out? Greatest month of all time. <laughs> was it like July or it was May? Either, or? It was late. I think it was either late July or early. It was late July. End of July. Okay. So I was, the day before I saw Mission Impossible Fallout, or the day I saw Mission Impossible Fallout, Glenn Close came in our studios to do an interview for The Wife with Christian Slater. Um, and being a True Romance fan, I dressed up as, as Clarence from the movie. Glenn Close was so cool about it. But as she was in that lobby and I'm like talking to her, we're like hanging out for like 30 minutes in between the interview, outside of the interview. Not once did I think to myself, this movie's going anywhere. Uh, and I, what I mean by that is it was it was it was a film that I believe was made in 2017. If I'm not if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to go back and double check the, uh, the numbers on that. But it felt like a movie that would come out. People would like it. It was very well received. But I didn't think it was gonna be a popular movie. It was. It was like a. It felt like an independent, you know, art house. Not. 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 Not that I'm putting that down, but it didn't feel like a movie that was gonna have momentum. Right. Um, but now looking back on it, it's it's amazing to me to think that I was. We were sitting there just talking, and she's now the front runner. Right. It's like crazy to me. Because, I mean, sometimes we'll interview, like, Bale, right, uh, uh, Jake? We know Bale's going to be nominated for Vice. Like, we knew that the minute we sat down with him. I had no idea. Right. Uh, not that our performance was bad. It was great. But there was no inkling in my mind that this was going to be an Oscar film. Yeah. It's, it, and, I, and I just wish I could, like, I wish I could go back in time and, like, appreciate it more. And yet I wouldn't but, be stunned if Olivia Colman or Lady Gaga got it. I, I would not I be would stunned. I would be stunned if Gaga got it. Would you? Gaga yeah. deserves it. Uh, Yeah. Oh, that deserves it. All right, director. But, but would you be Lee. surprised? Like, if if Coleman gets it, I go okay, all right. But I I would be genuinely surprised if Gaga got it. Yeah, I'd be surprised too. All right, very surprised actually. Director, Spike Lee, Paul Pawlikowski, Yorgos Lanthimos, Alfonso Cuarón, and Adam McKay. What great diversity in the director category! Outstanding work. 
director's branch. I'm going with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Tell me something. Uh, and then the should win is uh, Damien Chazelle. Yeah. Those, are, those are my choices. <laughs> oh, Christ. The alternate universe. Uh, Alfonso. Alfonso. I'm also saying Alfonso, but I will say don't sleep on Spike Lee. Uh, there, we exist in a world in which people, I think, could, you know, in the same way that you're arguing that they, they could be giving the career award to Glenn Close, I know a lot of people that want to see Spike Lee with an Oscar. They do a make good for do the right thing. Yeah. Now, they, in, they're, in they're, gonna, sense, they're actually going to do the right thing. I, that's why I do think they're going to give him screenplay, and then that could be the, well, like, okay, we're giving him one. But I, I would not be surprised if they said Spike Lee's name Thank during you. Best Director. Sean and I are laughing as Jake's just plowing through my joke. <laughs> Thank you, no, Sean. I have, so I have like, – so, so for people at home that are wondering like why I'm talking over the guys, I'm having like massive lag right now. No. And there will be like silence and I'll start speaking. Yeah. And then 10 seconds into me speaking, I'll realize that they've been having a conversation for the last 10 seconds. And I'm just plowing through it's and not bit. listening at all. Well, so, Kevin, no, they're going to wait until the 25th hour of the show to give it to them. Yeah, to do, to their, yeah, to do the right thing. And then <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, listen, if he wants to win, they're going to have to have an inside man in the Oscars to help them Very like true. achieve this win. You know what I mean? You, you kind of have to get that going. Right. Well, and you know they'll I mean? think like, what are some of the reasons that we want to give him Ed? And, and they'll say, well, the big reason is because he got game. So it, 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 that's a great, great point. And still I, not I, listening I, to you guys. I Yeah. Because he's I, been I, bamboozled I, for years now at this yeah, point. It's terrible. Yeah. I, can, <laughs> I can't I can, hear you. My headphones are out. Uh, completely agree with you on yeah. that. <laughs> I, I can't think of another Spike Lee. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. Gabe, tell me to look down below. Gabe, I'm getting the best picture. Come on, this is the big. This is the big one. You all have the same pick for the last six categories. This next one is for all the burgers. It looks like he's saying. So we're at best picture. Did he, did he actually write that? Yeah, this is what he said. Mike. Before we say this, can I ask a question? Uh, and I don't want to put anyone on the spot yeah. uh, if you don't know the answer to this. Can someone explain the preferential voting system real fast? Because I don't understand it. You rank, um, you rank your picks, and so okay. you're, it's so it's you get the points of like you know eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. So mm-hmm. you can be uh, if if very few people have you all as your top. Um, you are only getting X amount of points. You're getting a lot of points, but not from a lot of people. Um, so you almost want to get the middle of the pack from the most people almost thing. So like if everybody has you second, like if, if some people have star is born as their one, but, but then everybody puts Roma as two and, and Roma's two across the board, it gets a ton of sevens, right? But like favorite might get an eight or green book might get an eight or so that helps it that way. Well, I saw an article that said that Stars Born could win based on the preferential system, and I don't, I, I didn't understand why. Because I mean, I guess it would be if they put it at number two or three, it has a better chance. Yeah, because it might not be everybody's favorite one, um, but it might pick up enough two and three votes to pa- power through an overall big score. Can you write in a movie that's not nominated? No. Because I, I was reading an article the other day about Alfonso Cuarón and, and what he wanted to vote for this year for Best Picture. But the film wasn't nominated, so I, I was wondering if he could write it in or what not. What was it? Uh, Roma Mamia. <laughs> I'm actually gonna quit. I'm, I'm actually gonna quit now too. <laughs> Jake has officially left the podcast. By the way, I've been I've been sitting on that one for like two days. <laughs> two days ago, literally. <laughs> two, 
two days, two days, two days ago, I, I, that hit my mind and I was like, and I was going to text it in the group. Actually, Sean, do you remember yesterday on the text chain when I said, Hey, Sean, you there? Yeah. 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 That's when I was about to do it. Right. Cause I have no restraint, and I was like, I need to save this for the show. I'm so happy. I'm I so did. glad you did. It was oh. perfect. All right, oh, mama mia. Best, <laughs> Come on. best picture: Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. For all the burgers, you're going with. Well, let's give from perspective here real Oh, fast. Jesus Christ. No, we have to. Normally, when we predict the Oscars, I think we can all agree, I'll speak for myself, I can speak for you guys too, it's based around guilds. Guilds and, and the other award shows are very big indicators of what happens at the Oscars. Yes. You have a situation this year, I don't know if this has ever happened before, where SAG went to Black Panther, producers went to Green Book, right. directors went to Roma, right. Globes went to... Uh, drama for Bohemian Rhapsody, Curry's Choice went to Roma. I mean, I guess that's they double up with Roma, but... Well, Roma could have been no, Globe. Critic, I mean, there, I've, yeah, there's no Critics' Choice um, voters that vote for the Academy. Yeah, so I have no idea. I, I We have absolutely no idea what's going to win. Right. It's This is truly a wide-open category. So where are you guys going? Uh, I'm going Roma. I went Roma on the air today. I am going to say... <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't put it out there, Sean. You put it out there. It's going to happen. Don't put it out. <laughs> was it like I don't even want to say it. It's going to show up. I don't even want to believe that people want it to win. I don't I don't even believe that people want it to win. Um, And I so I look back over the last like Moonlight winning over La La Land being a sort of a brave choice. Shape of Water being a brave choice. It, it, it's telling me that the it, that the Academy is getting more edgy with their picks. They're being more, um, taking more gambles, recognizing more greatness. Uh, you can't bet against the Mexican directors. They win every time. I'm going with Roma. That trio guys, is, 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 it can't be stopped. Can't be stopped. Did you see the article about like like I, I love when they do those like brutally honest like Oscar voter uh, things? And um, I, John Travolta uh, talked about his favorite movie of twenty eighteen. Uh, yeah. um, I believe it was called um, Green Book. Who's talking? Did you guys? Did you, did you guys? I, I, I was reading. I was researching. I was just trying to figure out like what was going on with the voting academy this year. So I was just I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say grease book. Uh, wait, so uh, so real quick, we're all going Roma. Yes. What's our should What's our should win? I'm going Stars Born. Uh, I I'm going. Uh, e- no, I'm still I'm still saying Roma. That's your should win. Yeah, that's my should win. Okay. That's a masterpiece. Did you well, see it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course we did. Because it's amazing, Jake. So you're uh, by default, your your should win is Stars Born. Yeah. Right. That's the number, number one, one pick, right? It's number yeah. one. All, All right. right. All right, well, Gabe. There we go. There we go. Those, those are our picks. So hope everybody enjoyed. How many enjoyed. of our picks did we actually disagree on? A couple. There, so there it's, it's going to come down to just a couple of awards. Yeah, some of those. It's basically going to come down to the favorite or Black Panther. We all agreed on the main awards. on the main six, right? Yeah. The main six we were so, all So, so like they all cancel each other out. Kind of. 
So it's, right it's going to come down to like three awards, basically. Uh, Sean, can I ask you one question? Of course. This is not, I'm, not, I'm not doing a bit. Right. What is the one movie you're afraid to hear called for best picture? Is it Green Book? <sighs> yeah, it's Green Book. It is. That, 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 you that, would that, rather Bohemian Rhapsody over Green Book? I would, yes. I would understand no question. Bohemian Rhapsody more because that film legitimately has become a juggernaut. Like... It's, it's a beloved movie. It's People it's, are people really it. into it. And uh, it doesn't... And I don't even hate Green Book. I don't hate it. But it... it we, all, we all like it. It would it's instantly fine. become one of those movies, to me, like The King's Speech and even The Artist. And the years that those movies came out, I liked those movies. They're fine movies. But when I look back over them, I don't want to look back in five years and be like, what one? Oh, Green Book? Oh, God. What? It, and what did it compete well, against? Holy crap. It competed against Black Panther... And Star is Born, and it competed against Roma, and it and it beat it? Like, I'd be... That would make me sick. That's like King's Speech versus Inception versus Social Network. Same thing. It's setting up to I mean, be that. But, but I mean, to, to one thing I find interesting, I'm starting to get a little nervous or an inkling about Black Klansman winning Best Picture. Really? I'm starting to feel that vibe. Man, I don't, like, I don't think Black Klansman's that good of a movie. Oh, I mean, they don't. It's not. It has, it has to be a great movie to win Best Picture. Okay. Just, when does that matter? Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, I the guess, artist, I guess the, the artist won Best Picture. Yeah, the one that would make I mean, me most angry, I guess, is the favorite because I don't even want the favorite in that category. Oh, so. oh yeah, that's a good question. What's the one that make you the most angry? Yeah, the I favorite. Think my, <laughs> I think I love Green Book, but I don't want to see Green Book win Best Picture. Yeah. Jake, what's the one that would make you the most angry? Roma. <laughs> oh my god that's funny uh, you know well, like, to your point though about Green Book versus Bohemian Rhapsody I honestly if you put both of them in front of me and said you've got to watch one I'd say let's watch you, Bohemian Rhapsody of course you would because it's entertaining so, as heck so, okay so that's fair so I'll, I'll jump with you on that but I'm not bandwagon okay that's going to do it for our Oscar picks if you guys want to follow along with us the night of the show of course we're going to be paying attention uh, on social media so tag us at Real Blend with all of your comments play along with us um, with your picks Print out your ballots. Compete against us. If you're in the same city where we are at when we're settling the burger blend, we will include your order uh, in the thing, and Jake will pay for it. Uh, this week in movies, I'm really fast. I'm hoping it's in and out. Let's just talk fighting with my family really fast. I know we've mentioned it on the show before. Uh, it's the story of Paige, the wrestler, and the way that she had an open audition for the WWE. It has Dwayne Johnson in it briefly. Uh, it's directed by Stephen Merchant. Jake and I both saw it, and I think it's uh, much better than we expected it to be. It was a really good good uh, up-and-coming sports, you know, pull-yourself-up-by-the-bootstraps sports movie that had some surprises to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a good version of a movie that we've seen a thousand times before, um, but my, I think, biggest hold going in it was that I don't particularly care about wrestling. I don't particularly like wrestling. It's never really done it. I never liked it as a kid. It just wasn't something I got into. But this actually both made me care about wrestling, really, for the first time, and also gave me a new perspective that yielded a bit of respect from me. Um, you know, to me, I always thought of wrestling as fake, and this sort of reminded me of, like, there's actually a lot of athleticism that goes into this sport, and people can genuinely get really hurt doing it. Um, so, right. yeah, I, I walked away with a lot of respect um, for, for wrestlers, and I honestly found it to be very funny. Okay, so I went to the Performance Center, the WWE Performance Center in yeah, Orlando, yeah, and yeah. Watched, I watched the people train, and their training is super intense. Like, they're just learning how to slam down on the mat and not hurt themselves, and I can't understand how they're doing it. Like, they're literally throwing their bodies into these wrestling moves, and some of it is, because it is, it's not, I'm not saying it's fake, but there's a performance element to yeah. it. Um, some and of it's people checked. Who, yeah, and there's, there's women who are, like, 
Get they're they're grappling on the ground and they're twisting their arms and one woman's screaming out in pain. Um, and I'm I'm like, someone help her, right? And then she just quickly turns to her friend and she's like, taps her or something, and then like they talk real fast, you know. And I'm like, oh my god, that's part of the cell, right? That's part of the the, the bit. So it's fascinating uh, to watch. I want to give our friend Chris Van Vliet a shout out because he does amazing wrestling interviews yeah. um, on his YouTube channel. It's Chris Van Vliet. Um, the reason I bring that up though is because Chris made a Chris made a point one time that I thought was so awesome because everyone's like arguing about wrestling being fake movies are fake uh it's a performance it's it's yeah. it, it's it's a it, it is an entertainment performance that you are watching that is choreographed yes um and that doesn't take away when you watch a movie keanu reeves isn't really killing people in, in john wick it's a performance yeah and it's fake so i'm not entirely sure to be honest with you <laughs> did, i was reading an article the other day did you guys hear about uh page uh her favorite steven soderbergh movie have you, i don't know if you guys heard about this recently i didn't know what no. is it oh no? i think it was called um out of sighting with my family <laughs> I, I was reading about that recently i, I thought it was a really cool choice on her part uh, I, I just, you know good, you really got good. you just got the coldest most emotionless <laughs> rap from game <laughs> like, so fast. sometimes he laughs but he you no. just got the like i got I'm game done, twice today gabe was laughing at two of them. I, All right. Roma Mamma Mia, he liked. I know he did. All right, blend game. Uh, popular, very popular blend <laughs> game on social media this week. The talented, and I guess it stems from the fact that we have Quiet Place 2 news, uh, Emily Blunt blend. Um, and a lot of people played along on social. We will read audience picks in a minute. Uh, I don't have an order in here, which means I should probably ask Gabe if we all have the same choice. Which we probably do. There's no way we don't. We all, all right. have the same choice? All right. All right. Okay. Interesting. Why don't we all say it at the exact same time? Wait, which which title are we going with? Like the theatrical We're title going with or the, the title theatri- on the DVD? Or? The, the-, the theatrical title. All right. Three, two, two one. one. Young Edge Victoria. of Tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was like, something's about to happen. I, 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 was like, I didn't even want to speak. I was like, this is not going to go well. Normally it would be me. Right. I, I was, and that's why I transitioned there. So we all Jake, went Edge of Tomorrow. Jake, why did you go with Edge of Tomorrow? I, I mean, she created an action character that I think, you know, and, and she, unfortunately, women shouldn't have to be in a position where they have to prove themselves to be able to be in an action film. But it is has been a genre that has been predominantly dominated by men, essentially since the, the genre of film has been created. But to me, she not only owns this movie, she is such a badass in this movie she goes toe to toe and arguably is cooler than Tom Cruise in this movie, but it's, it's also a very layered character. It's also a character I wanted to, like, I felt that I got to know, but also someone that I wanted to get to know more of, uh, someone that we can, they, they builds up this mythology really before we get to know her. And, and I just really, really loved what she did with the character. And I, I really, when people talk about, uh, an Edge of Tomorrow sequel, which I would love for there to be one. My first thought isn't, ooh, I can't wait for Tom Cruise to come back. My first thought is, ooh, I can't wait for Emily Blunt to come back. Yeah. One thing I noticed in looking over her filmography, though, she is often like a scene stealer in movies that aren't her movies. Like, I, I kind of thought about her in Devil Wears Prada, and it- but it's not necessarily her movie. It's Anne Hathaway's and, and even Meryl Streep's. Um, or... Uh, well, the Adjustment Bureau, I kind of weighed the Adjustment Bureau. Love that um, movie. It's really great. Yeah. Um, and she's really good at it. About I, that. I thought about Looper, but Looper oh. is even still like a Bruce Willis, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. Like, But she steals every scene but that I she's know, in. I don't, I don't think of her when I think of Looper. No, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, she has a lot of movies that she's really good in, but they're not necessarily her movies. Edge of Tomorrow, she wrestles that movie away from Cruise. 
And Cruz is great in it. He's really good. And the gimmick is good. But she's such a badass um, with layers. Like, she has really great layers. The the performance is amazing. Um, I think she's only... What I love about Emily Blunt is that I think she's only growing from here. Um, I think that she, in, in, in a year where she can give a hands-down uh, commanding horror performance in Quiet Place... And and then turn around and play Mary Poppins and, and whatever you idiots think about the movie. She's fantastic as the choice to play she is Mary great. Poppins. She's fantastic. And had she gotten an Oscar nomination for, for Mary Poppins, I would have been totally fine with that. Emily Blunt is a five out of five in that movie. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. Great. It's not great. her fault. It's the songs and yeah. the storytelling. I understand. I understand your play. So, so to show that range, it makes me excited about the next 10 years of what I think Emily Blunt is going to be able to do. Um, but Edge of Tomorrow is unbelievably great. And it's my favorite movie that she's in. It's also a brilliant rewatch, ironically enough. Um, it is a film that is so layered. Also, you have to give credit to actors who have to redo scenes the way they do them in this type of uh, film. The Groundhog Day element to it um, is so interesting to watch because every scene, while familiar feels fresh and as a performance you still have to play to that you have to kind of give us what we already think we're getting but somehow twist it slightly right but keep it entertaining the brilliant thing about edge of tomorrow besides the performances is the editing of that movie where they pick things back up right how how they redo it and i i have a very unpopular opinion about this i think i love that title and i know that everybody people are very doesn't mean anything I disagree with you. Edge of Tomorrow completely sells what the story is. It's the Edge of Tomorrow. It, 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 I think it. I think Live Die Repeat's a great, a fine title. I never understood the. Pretty good. I never understood the hatred of Edge of Tomorrow. I actually, I, I like the original that. title, which is All You Need Is Kill. What's wrong with uh, Edge of Tomorrow, though? What it is? Doesn't what mean the, anything. What do you mean? Doesn't mean anything. It means exactly what the movie is. They're on You're the right edge on of the tomorrow. edge of getting to tomorrow, yeah, and then you don't get there. Today. But it makes no, sense. it's not. You're on the border between today and tomorrow. I, I do want to know. Like I was, I was looking back today. the other day. Live die repeats wa- better. I was watching like um, what did I watch that? It was night and day. Uh, the Tom Cruise movie. Do when it, when was the point when Tom Cruise started doing his own like the crazy stunts? I was trying to figure out because that movie didn't look like he did a lot of his own stunts in that one. I don't know for sure if he did. It looked or not. very green screen. The that whole movie looked very green screen. It did. That's that. That's why I was a little concerned. But uh, I was wondering all I was wondering, the mission movies, like as right. far back as the first mission movies, he's been did, doing them. Did he do his Emily stunts in Edge of Tomorrow? Yes, I was just I'm, curious. Okay, I believe I he did. Yes, right, I, I, did. I just wanted to know. I mean, I, I don't feel like there were as many stunts for him to do. Well, he's no. in that big mecha suit forever. Yeah, but yeah. Just, but but going back to Emily Blunt, <laughs> it, it, that performance is so good because it's emotionally invested. Um, not only like the best thing about an action character is when they're equally epic as an action star, and then also emotionally like there's those sequences. Like I think they go into that barn, right? And she wants to kill herself, right? To to stop or to start over or whatever it was. Because there's something I can't remember what happens. Like they like. She runs outside and realizes that he's not been telling her the truth about what they're reliving. Remember right. that whole moment? I'm, I'm trying to remember the emotional... It's been a while since I've seen it. But she is unbelievable in that film. And it's definitely her best movie. I don't uh, even know if I own it. And that's Really? Ooh, me, I have though. the steelbook. Do you? You're a big steelbook guy, though. It's a, I, I, I am, too. I have it. Shoot. It's a, it's a really good... Uh, I think I have it, too. Uh, all right, anyway. Uh, we are not alone in oh, picking... Look. Guys, look at this repeat. one. Yeah. Look at the look at the look at the box. 
Look what it says. Yeah, it's it says, both. Yeah. It's both, both titles. No, but mine's like a slash. Nice. Like it's not a tagline. It's live, die, repeat, slash, edge of tomorrow. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Jim Meta, Kalina, Carrie Allen Case, of course, our own Cap and Ilsa, um, and TJ Winfield, as well as many, many others went with Edge of Tomorrow. Michael Kamen's Robert Chivery and Cinema Blend's own Dirk Libby chose Mary Poppins Returns. That's three people who picked Mary Poppins Returns. Someone named Grinch Hands uh, and Arthur Mingo and several others went with the Devil Wears Pl- the Devil Wears Prada, not Plata. And the consensus in general was that Emily Blunt is amazing in pretty much everything that she does. Uh, except Into the Woods. Into the Woods would not be a right choice. That would be incorrect. I would veto that down. Uh, for next week, we will continue to celebrate the artists nominated for Academy Awards this year. May even be talking about somebody who steals an Oscar win when we play hashtag Spike Lee blend. Ooh. Ooh. See, that, that's very easy for me. You think so? Instant. Because we're doing favorite, right? We're doing favorite film. My favorite is also his best. Okay. Interesting. So reach out to us uh, on social media uh, at Real Blend. You can also email us uh, realblend at cinemablend.com. That's a place where you can also drop us reviews. We're getting reviews being sent to that email address and we're reading them at the top of the show. You guys, you guys now have. Yes. What? Sean, did you yes. hear about um, Spike's favorite Terrence Malick film? I think it's uh, Spike Tree of Life. Did you, did you hear about that one? I, I, I thought not, that was a really good. That was a good article. I saw that, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good one. Dave, they're getting enough. worse. For God's <laughs> sakes, man, do something. Listeners can follow he also, Jake. He, he was also. You, oh, do you know his favorite? Oh, Jerry my Seinf- God. Gabe. His favorite Jerry Seinfeld role? No. What is his it? His favorite Jerry Seinfeld role is, role is Spike B Spike Lee movie or B movie. Ah, oh, I messed that one up. It's <laughs> done. The show's over. You messed it up so bad. All right, follow us at Real Blend. Uh, we we're all there playing on social media. Drop us a review on iTunes. It means a ton for us to help us develop the show. Do you know we Spike's? You. Do you know Spike's favorite movie of his own? Listening to Spike Lee got game. I get it. Right. Like Lee, you saved it. You yeah, saved yeah. it. There we'll be go. back next week for episode number fifty-eight, where we will wrap up the Academy Awards <laughs> and uh, and talk about all of the disappointments from the wins and losses. So thank you very much for listening to episode fifty-seven. And as always, done. Kirk. Hmm. Ron Burgundy. I'm done. I am Dunkirk. <laughs> Who put a question mark in the prompter? <laughs> Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.